I have seen Eternals, I have lived Eternals, and I'm here to give you a spoiler-free review, the good and the bad, coming up right now on 15 Minutes of Marvel. There was an idea. Because if we can't protect the Earth, you can be damn well sure we'll avenge it. We're gonna do this all day. What are they called again? Annulax batteries. Harvey Larry batteries. As far as I'm concerned, that's America's ass. I control the truth! Mysterio is the truth! Boom, you looking for this? What is up and welcome back to 15 Minutes of Marvel, the only podcast that gives you Marvel reviews, news, and rumors in pretty much 15 minutes. I'm your host, Ethan Simi, and I've got an absolutely honest review of Eternals going down right now on the pod. I saw it about 15 hours ago, still thinking about it, still processing it. I have not ranked it yet within my overall MCU ranking, you know, because I feel like I need to stew on it a little bit. I need to put it on simmer for a few days, cover it with a lid. Let all the aromas, all the flavors mix around, rise to the top. A classic stew situation here with Eternals. But I will say 15 hours out, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good. I went into the movie with a completely open mind. Okay, I, I tweeted this and I tried to make it known on this podcast as well that I, I tried my hardest not to listen to any negative reviews, any positive reviews. I was ready to form my own opinion, to watch my own Marvel movie. And I knew it would be different. I knew deep down to expect the unexpected. But hey, we're talking about phase four of Marvel here. We have a show that covered five decades of TV sitcoms. We've got an animated television show. We've had all all sorts of different things so far. So I feel like expecting the unexpected is a phase four pattern here. That is what we should already be ready for. And I will say it felt really awesome to be back in an IMAX movie theater opening night for a new Marvel movie. I love the experience. I love going to a full theater, watching the same thing that everybody else cares about enough to be there in the same place at the same time, experiencing the same thing. And overall, that was a good experience in and of itself. Let's talk about the good and the bad of Eternals. I just want to say right out of the gate, right out, I liked it. I liked Eternals. I don't think it's the best Marvel movie. I don't think It might not even be a top 10 Marvel movie, but I feel like the more you sit with it, the more you think about it, the more time that elapses after you've seen it, it grows on you. It it makes you continue thinking. And I'm going to get into all the details right now on the pod, but boy, I did. I liked it. I really, really did. And, you know, I know that this is a Marvel podcast, but I truly, honestly thought it was good. Here's the reasons why. Let's start with the good of the movie, the things that I found myself immersed in and absolutely enjoying. For me, the most prominent and noticeable facet of this movie is the fact that it is directed by Chloe Zhao. Yes, we are still in the Marvel Universe, and of course, we are surrounded by CGI creatures and superheroes and all sorts of standard MCU frills that you get in this universe, but... This movie is unapologetically a Chloe Zhao movie. The lighting, the blocking, the framing is perhaps some of the most visually pleasing that I have ever seen in the MCU. And I think it's, I just think it's because of Chloe Zhao. I keep finding myself thinking, damn, that light looks really nice in this scene. Or saying like, ooh, that is a beautiful shot in the MCU. I did that all throughout the movie. I turned my friend through the whole time and I was like, Yo, this lighting. Yo, look at this shot. Like, it just had 
that Chloe Zhao feeling to it. And it really continued to rear its head for me. And I thought that aspect of the movie was unmissable. I think Chloe Zhao is incredibly skilled at bringing us visuals, but also bringing us really close to characters in times of emotional connection and conversation. We are right there in their speaking space, in their personal space when they are with each other. And it is felt. I felt it. And every single time Zhao decided to put us right in Cersei's face or right in the personal bubble of Icarus, it was palpable. And I felt that extra push to be connected to the character that I was physically so close to because the camera work made me be there. I think those are the two things that Chloe Zhao brought to this project that people are not expecting, that people are not ready for in the MCU, that we really haven't had yet in the Marvel Universe, but they are distinctly Chloe Zhao techniques. Speaking of being close to characters, this movie is fucking heavy on the exposition, but look, that's my jam. I vibe with that so hard, and I thought it was so fresh for the MCU. I thought it was focused. I didn't feel like it was forced. I felt like it was needed. And all of this dialogue and all of this character building is just new to the MCU. But man, I personally really, really vibed with it. There are a couple different points to this part of the movie that I want to mention. So the exposition, the character building, the emotional digging, these are things that are not for everybody. I understand that. They are definitely not what we've been trained to expect from the MCU so far. And at times it does come off a bit boring. It does come off a bit dull because we are so focused on that growing of the characters and setting that stage. But I think every personal interaction to build that character depth is a needed one. And I think Chloe Zhao really focused on that. And I think that that is something that this movie honestly does so well. I think it just says, this is the movie we are. And if you like it, you like. And if you don't, you don't. But this is what we are diving into. And we are diving into character death and emotional growth and personal space with these characters. And that is something that is so unusual for the MCU. It really is kind of a complete 180 from our expectations of seeing fights and villains at the top of this food chain, at the top of the pyramid, really, in the Marvel Universe. Yes, the battles are are in this movie, but they kind of have a secondary feeling to them. The main villain is not really in, you know, the forefront of this movie. It's kind of more a plot device to move emotional growth forward between our eternal characters. And it's not someone that, you know, the entire movie is focusing on stopping right away. And for the better part of 13 years, that's pretty much what we've gotten. We've pretty much gotten villains and fighting, and that is the goal. This movie is different. I personally love exposition-heavy movies. I love diving into the depths of a character to better understand who they are, what makes them tick, what pushes them to make decisions that they make. And I feel that when I'm watching this movie, the movie tackles all of those things. And really, honestly, the only way to do that is with lots and lots of dialogue. But again, that's my jam. I thought it was refreshing. I thought it was focused. And I thought it was well done. Another facet of the movie that I thought worked really, really well is that it's really about finding the humanity in our heroes. I know that's been a trope over the last 13 years. I know that was kind of the trope of the Infinity Saga and finding out that, that Iron Man really is just Tony Stark and he does have his problems, he does have his trauma, 
but at his core, he's a human who decides to step up. But this movie is slightly different. It focuses on things like acceptance, grief, love, guilt, hope, all things that our heroes who are supposed to be gods shouldn't really be feeling, but they are. And instead, they're, they're suffering from these very real human emotions that make direct impacts on every decision that they make in the movie. And I thought it communicated those points very, very well. I do think the movie operates best when it's kind of under this, you know, like, let's get the team back together kind of vibe, rounding out the Eternals from across the globe to kind of come back to the family and fight. I think the introduction to Kingo is instantly an all-time classic scene in the MCU and absolutely in the running for the funniest scene in the entire Marvel Universe. I think it was incredible stuff, um, but I do think there are points and, and kind of tones of the movie in which it does shine better than others. Is it MCU's hottest movie? I'm not saying no, but I'm, I'm just saying it could be the MCU's hottest movie. Yes, we do get a, a quote-unquote sex scene. We don't see jack shit, but damn, if it isn't hot. I love it when the MCU is hot. I love it when it's sexy. I think these are things going forward that Marvel needs to incorporate. They, we have a changing future ahead of us, and I think this is part of that changing future. There are also a few other scenes with some really good sexual tension. It just feels, it feels mature. It feels good. It feels like what our characters would really be going through in this movie. And it doesn't feel simplified. It doesn't feel like our heroes and our characters are getting off like they're, they're young and they're children and they're just out to save the world. It does feel like they are mature adults dealing with sexual tension in everything that they do and, and the, the thoughts of love and hope, and marriage, and, and compassion, and a life spent with somebody that you love, these are all things that Eternals tackles. And while it doesn't tackle them in the greatest detail or the greatest depth, because, yeah, it was a lot to pack into even a two-and-a-half-hour movie, I think the fact that it tries to tackle them at all is an incredible feat in and of itself. Like I said, the movie is a lot. So the movie covers a lot. It's a lot to fit in. And I think it does do a very, very good job of telling a history spanning centuries and, and millennia and all of these things in a very clear and concise manner, actually. I think the flashbacks throughout the movie really help us understand the characters on a deeper and more intimate level. And they do really give us a great context to what we are seeing them deal with in the present day. I think it all really makes sense. And I think everything kind of gels and lends itself nicely to the storyline this way of storytelling should definitely be confusing. It should be sloppy. It shouldn't make sense, but it actually works. It's clear. It's concise. It's easy to follow. It worked for me, and I think it's a very impressive way of telling a 7,000-year history of all of these heroes that we are all of a sudden introduced to. Now, let's talk about the things that did not work so well in this movie. Like I said, it's a lot. It's just, it's just a lot. And even though it's the second longest MCU film behind Endgame, it's just a lot of storyline. It's a lot of history. It's a lot of character development. It definitely works well sometimes, I think more namely on characters like Icarus and Cersei, kind of the, the main focuses of the movie. But it does feel like you're trying to play catch up sometimes with thousands of years of history between each character. And you're kind of doing these assumptions or thinking, oh, this must have been what happened in the past that's not really kind of explained or driven more into, really. Look, 
the main focus of the movie is is being in this personal realm of our characters, of understanding our heroes on a really personal basis. And it does work sometimes, but it's hard to feel that much more connected to them when you only get to spend a handful of conversations with them all movie long. And with the ensemble as big as it is, it's spread out really thin. It just feels like you are trying to cover everything with the entire team all the time. And that leads us to understanding certain characters a lot better than other characters. And certain ones just kind of fall to the wayside and and kind of just get tossed into the storyline like, oh, okay, they're just kind of here. Like, you don't need to know more about them, but they're just here. But what if I want to know more about them? What if I like them a lot and I want to know as much as the main character I'm getting? I think this is the biggest miss of the movie in the fact that there's just there's just so much to cover. There's just a lot to cover. And with the tone and the goal of the movie being so personal, it's hard to achieve that in everything you do. I know there were specifically, I'm thinking of a couple scenes right now where I I thought I watched the scene, the scene and I thought, wow, that, that was a lot. That was a lot to intake and, and that was a lot to remember. I'm not going to remember all of that. And, and it just felt really pushed together and, and not necessarily forced, but kind of forced. Kind of like, hey, here's all of this really intense detail that you need to know in this span of five minutes. Okay, now go watch character development. Uh, so yeah, it didn't work all of the times. At times in the movie, it did kind of have this Age of Ultron vibe. I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't know if that's a bad thing. But, you know, it kind of had this, like, family divided among ideals kind of situation to it where I, just, I was just like, oh, we we kind of we got this in, a, in Age of Ultron. And I'm not against it at all. Like I said, I don't know if it's good or if it's bad. I can't quite put my finger on it yet, but it did have that feeling of, like, our heroes are kind of up against this non-human kind of beast thing trying to stop them. So, yeah, it kind of had that. I personally think that the third act is actually a highlight of the movie, but here's my one problem with it. It's a fucking CGI fest. It, it just is. It's just a CGI fest. Understandably, it has to be. This is the way Marvel is, and this is what Marvel has trained us to expect. A third act that, I mean, come on, look at Endgame. The, the final 45 minutes is, it's a, like a million percent CGI, and it's a battle, and that's just what we've kind of grown to expect, and this is the bar that has been set. I do think that the setting for the third act, it feels personal. It feels more believable than the absolute CGI fest that Shang-Chi was. I think Shang-Chi was was worse in that aspect. And when you spend uh, two hours or, you know, an hour and 45 minutes really focusing on on character building and depth and personal uh, growth, and you don't really get these big battles, it does feel like a, C- a lot of CGI really, really fast in that third act. It's, you know, it's battle-heavy mechanics, and, and you kind of need that to flesh out the final act to get us to that emotional peak that we've been climbing to. But again, it's, it's just, that's just the way it is. And, and, you know, I admire this movie for trying to kind of break that MCU mold of how movies are made, but that third act is, I don't know if we'll ever break that mold. I do think that this movie is the future of the MCU. I think that this is the new standard for storytelling in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's personal, it's intimate, it's emotional connectivity at its finest. A focus on developing our heroes and our characters outside of their super abilities. We are not focused on the fact that Icarus can fly and shoot lasers out of his eyes. We are focused on the fact that Icarus is dealing with grief and love and and missed opportunities and regret and all of these really deep emotional states 
instead of the fact that he is a superhero. I think the focus on those types of things is when the movie shines. And when we focus on that is when the movie is at its best. I think this is the phase of change. I think phase four is the phase of change. We've seen it in WandaVision. We've seen it in Loki. We are getting better writing. We are getting better characters. This is the way of the future. And, you know, I can't help but think Eternals might unfortunately be the sacrificial lamb. It might be the movie that is sacrificed at the altar that really sets a new course for the MCU, but someone has to do it, right? Someone has to basically just say, this is it. This is the new direction. This is the new way we're going. And it's different and it kind of breaks the formula. And these are the things we're doing. And it might not work all of the time, but we have set our ship on a new course for the future of the MCU. And look, I don't think Eternals, I don't think it warrants all of the heat that it's getting. Overall, it's a movie I enjoyed. It's a movie that I liked quite a lot. Top five? Absolutely not. Top 10? Probably, possibly, maybe not. I don't know. It's a movie that the more you think about it, the more it impacts you and, and it possibly gets better, it possibly gets worse, but it leaves you thinking. And I think at the end of the day, that that is impactful when it comes to the MCU. It means that we have gone, we have seen a comic book movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that is not just action. It is not just Iron Man and Captain America fighting. It is something that requires a deeper attention to detail, something that requires you to connect on a more personal level with what is being told on the screen in front of you. And at the end of the day, that is a really good thing. That is a very beneficial thing. It's ambitious as hell. It's visually stunning. It doesn't work all the time. But damn, if it isn't a fun movie, if it isn't just a movie that that fiercely and prominently says, this is the future of the MCU, this is phase four, and this is where we're going. What did you think of Eternals? Did the good outweigh the bad for you? Let me know on Twitter at 15 Minute Marvel. I will have a spoiler-filled review of Eternals coming on the pod next week. I'm going to be talking about those two post-credit scenes and a lot of the twists and turns that this movie does include on a way deeper level. I've also got a very special guest lined up for a cool Patreon episode this month where we'll be doing a really deep dive into the Eternals and just talking all about everything about Eternals. It's going to be good. Go check out the Patreon page for that coming later in the month. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on any and all major podcast platforms. A special shout out to the patrons of the show, Brandon Clark, Hajir Shakib, and Reagan Knopp. I will see you back here next time. I'm Ethan Simi, and remember, always go higher, further, and faster. Faster.